Welcome to Take It or Leave It, an advice-ish podcast for parents. You can download this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play Music, or at podcasttakeitorleaveit.com. Thank you to Samantha Spears for identifying us as the number one podcast in all the universe. Her review reads, two moms who really have no idea what they're doing, just like all of us. I love listening to these two and their shenanigans in life, parenting, and marriage. Life is hard, and it's awesome to have a podcast to listen to that will make you laugh and feel like you're going through the same things I am. I love hearing Dave's <laughs> male perspective, <laughs> which we could wish well, we could you. get Drew on more. Yes. Meredith and T- Tiffany are wonderful. Make me laugh, and I enjoy the topics of everyday life. Keep on rocking, ladies. Thanks, Samantha. Drew would just stare into the <laughs> abyss and not, he'd mumble probably. Mm. Be like, mm. He was great when he was on. When we played yes, the game? I- I had a fork to his side the whole time. <laughs> he knew if he didn't talk, get a little jabberoo. Mm. Just kidding. Well, I'm your host, Meredith Masony. And I'm your host, Tiffany Jenkins. This podcast will discuss all things marriage, motherhood, and everything in between. Please remember, we're not professionals at anything you may actually need, so any advice we give, you can take... Or leave because it might be crap. On today's episode of Take It or Leave It, we are going to talk about the show Married at First Sight. Now, I don't know if Tiffany has seen it, but I am now in season 10. I have I have seen every single season. And if you have not seen Married at First Sight, I am going to tell you that you need to watch it. And uh, there's a few reasons why. We're also going to talk about 2021 parenting trends. And for, for all of you who grew up during the 90s, guess what, guys? It's back. 90s fashion and trends are back, and these stupid little kids of ours think that they're the first ones <laughs> to do this stuff. Stupid little kids. Turd bucket oh, little children see. that we, in fact, were the ones who made this cool um, many, many moons ago. So this should be fun. There you have it. Okay, cool. Today we have Shania West from West Virginia, opening things up for us. Be sure to call us at 315-834-2696 and leave us a message so that you can open the show for us. Take it home, Shania. If you're wondering why I'm whispering, it's because the little monster just went into hibernation for the day, so i got to make this quick. I'm Shania, 24, from West Virginia, with one two-year-old. You ladies are my idols, and i got to thank Tiff for saving my life. And now let's Oh, now that I've made Tiffany uncomfortable, let's start the show with a mom life moment. Because anyone that says they haven't struggled as being a mom is a heaping pile of liebaggers. A heaping pile of liebaggers. I like that one. Thank you, Shania. I Grayson's up. Get off the Call of Duty. Gotta go. That's cute. Her husband's playing video games. Yeah, he was playing Call of Duty. At no, least. the the her toddler woke up, so she, it was the Call of Duty to go back. Oh, oh, oh! oh. Uh, I thought he was playing Call of Duty. That's where my my brain went because that's I a know. video game. I'm like friggin' husband. Yeah, man. playing Call of Duty. That was really nice. I it was hard to make out what she said. I think she said something about me saving her life unless i misheard it and only heard what i wanted to hear <laughs> but if you did say that uh you didn't make me uncomfortable i'm honored and thank you and you saved your own life i had you know that's all you i can't take any credit for that but thank you um producer can you please put the link to the podcast in the post copy someone asks so that they can find it and binge it 
immediately. Okay, great. Do it. Um, so we're going to do a mom fail mom life moment. And um, I think it's my turn. It is. Which, you know, pick anything. I swear um, that if I say anything to my dear sweet daughter, Sophia, she interprets it as though I'm trying to harm her in every way, <laughs> shape or form, because we are just in the throes of the puberty. Um, but I feel bad for her right now because this poor kid has been sick on and off for months now. And um, it's it's her tonsils. She needs to have her tonsils removed, but insurance sucks so bad that when you go to get a referral, it takes forever to get moved from, from a pediatrician to an ENT and so on and so forth. And I feel bad because she's been locked up in a room again for, t- for two days last month on her birthday, it was flu B. Um, the, uh, you know, a month or so before that she was, she had a sinus infection that was, um, stuck in her, you know, went down to her throat and I just, I feel terrible because why do you have to put lock her in the room because of her tonsils? Well, she's coughing all over the place. It's because her tonsils are balloons in her throat. She's trying to get a little air out. Right. But I'm going to leave her in her room because I don't want her germing up the place because we have to travel. Well, no wonder she's giving you attitude. <laughs> she's got everything she needs. I keep bringing food to the door. I keep throwing I things in at her. <laughs> she's a prisoner, but she has this attitude. <laughs> she has this attitude. Cell kidding. block B sucks, mom. Um, but I just, I feel bad for her because I want her to feel better. And I'm actively trying to do everything that I can, but insurance sucks. It sucks. Yeah. And I'm just at the point where I've, you know, I've called the doctor's office a couple of times and they're like, ma'am, don't call back until Monday if you've not heard from the referral. And it's Ooh. like, come on, just my kid is sick right now. I'd really like to see an ENT while her tonsils look like the size of softballs. So if somebody could just, you know, call me back and it's like, nobody called. It's like you get the big middle finger all the time. Like, yeah, I'll call you back lady. Okay. Um, and it's just, it sucks. Everything about it sucks. And I, I feel bad. And I actually think that the reason it's getting worse is because we've moved and the allergies here are way worse. My allergies are worse. Her allergies are worse. And I wow. do think that it's, it's increased as a result of en- enviro- environmental allergens. And that's not something like you look up when trying to find a property. Like, I what's didn't the think about level? it. I should have. I feel bad that I didn't, but I really, really didn't think about you would, it. You, that's something that people think about? I should have. I suffer from really bad seasonal allergies, and I should have been paying attention to that. And I didn't look. You know what I did check? Weather reports. Of course you did. I was checking the highs and the lows. I was seeing what the winters were like. Really quick, before we go any further, Dave, sorry, sidebar. It, are you hearing a popping sound when Mer- uh, Meredith speaks, or is it just my headphones? It's just yours. Okay, that's fine. Are you recording? T- yeah, oh. I'm recording. Okay. I'm a professional. Are you kidding? Yeah, okay. I don't know why you're acting <laughs> depressed and relieved. Um, yeah, I called twice and, and sent you three texts about being on time today. So I was asleep. Professional is exactly I'm what I I'm an artist. <laughs> My hours are not set in stone. <laughs> I go where the night takes me. Anyway, I feel like this isn't a mom fail. I feel like you can't blame yourself for her having tonsillitis and your insurance sucking. I know. I just, but I personally feel like I'm, 
I feel like I'm flailing around and failing because I, my sick kid needs something and insurance. It's the same with Brian and him trying to get him tested. That took me, it took me eight months, took eight months to get through the insurance and the forms and the phone calls, eight months to get him tested. That finally happened last week, Wednesday. Wow. So that's what I'm saying is I just feel like I'm handcuffed and, and I don't know what it is that I'm supposed to do. And that makes Helpless. me feel like a failure, even though logically 99.9% uh, .9 of our mom fails are not, and your mom fails at home. I'm saying everybody here that's listening, they're not actually failures, guys. Guys, this is life. These are life moments and we feel like failures, but we're actually not failing. Yeah, that's a good point. We're so hard on ourselves. Yeah. So well, thank you for sharing. And I'm, I hope her tonsils get better. And I hope that all of the doctor's appointments and insurance aligns magically to get her taken care of soon. I you're telling me, I know. So, um, yeah, so here's, here's the deal. I like to watch garbage TV. Yes, you do. I know that. I do. Much. It is a, like, I don't have any shame about it. I will tell people what I'm binging. I will tell people what I'm watching. I understand that it is purposely, the, this type of reality TV is purposely um, crafted this way to be a train wreck. Right. I don't care. I still want to watch it. Okay. Yeah. I know it's not your bag of tricks. I understand that. But you can, you will get a kick out of this. And the reason that I'm talking about it is because it's just so ridiculous, right? So like the premise of Married at First Sight is that they do modern day matchmaking, Okay. They take these people that live in a city. This season city is DC or last season. Cause I won't pay for the premium channel. So I have last seasons <laughs> that I'm binging. So the city is DC. They take these people. It's an open, it's an open call for matchmaking, right? You come in, you put in all of your information, then they select 10 people that they're, that they have said that they're going to match and they have to agree to be on the show. And what they do is they say, okay, we've matched you with who we believe could be potentially your soulmate. You have two out of weeks, the other five. No, out of all, everybody who came to this thing in DC. So it's an open call, right? That's thousands and thousands, vet. thousands and thousands of people put in their information. They select five women and five men to mat that they have said are, are matches. Okay. Okay. So this is like actual traditional matchmaking, like back in the day, but then they put a spin on it because now they say, okay, you have two weeks to get your ready for your wedding. You're going to meet this person at the altar. You've never seen them. You don't know their name. You know nothing about them other than the fact that we picked them for you. No. It's called married at first sight. Okay. Are the marriages actually really legal and yes. everything? Yes. No. I, it, Joni from the sh from online is saying you should see the wreckage from this season. I can't wait. I might actually pay for season 11 because I've heard so much wonderfulness about it. So anyway, back to season 10. So they get these couples get to the altar. They see each other for the first time. They have their wedding. They go out and take some really awkward wedding pictures with people that they've literally just met this person that they've just met. And then they are sent all of them on a honeymoon. And they end up honeymooning all in the same place because they get to meet the other couples in this social experiment. So they send them to Panama on an all-inclusive trip for seven days to 
get to learn everything that they can about their partner before they are forced to move in together when they get back. Right? Okay. You're following this, right? So far. Okay. The best part about this show is the, is how ridiculous and nonsensical and stupid people are when they get married and their expectations of what marriage is going to be like. Because like this one guy is out to lunch with his dad and he's like, I just don't understand. Like we're married. Like we're supposed to be happy all the time. Everything is supposed to be good and fun. And we're just supposed to be having a good time. And the dad looks at him and he's like, well, what do you really want? What do you want in this marriage? And he's like, well, I just want to be happy every day. I just want to always be happy. And I'm sitting here thinking to myself, then you should have gotten a dog. Like, why did you get married if what you wanted was to be happy every day? Because nobody's happy every day. Right. This is so, but they're usually in the beginning is when stuff is super exciting. Right. Um, The honeymoon phase. Right. So, but you're just like, it's weird because your minds are in the honeymoon phase, but on paper you're married. So why would his expectations be? Is he expecting it to at least be the honeymoon phase at this point? And it's not what they have bills and what he's saying, I think is that what, what, or my, what I'm alluding to, because you have to go and watch some of this just to satisfy me. You have to go on and watch a couple of these episodes because I have nothing else to do. Okay. I don't, I don't like this kind of stuff. Okay. And I was accidentally on the couch and I couldn't get up. You're accidentally I, I couldn't, on the couch. I couldn't leave the room. So, I'm just saying, go, she yeah. made me watch a Britney Spears documentary for <laughs> educational purposes. Now she's making me go watch strangers get married. So this, so she- this th- th- my favorite line, I think of all time, the, the guy, well, just conversation. He, he goes to her. Do you have any dreams? Oh, this was great. Do you have any dreams, you know, that might seem weird? No. Well, I do. I want to fly around the world and jump out of things. And No, and he said he write, wanted to. I want to write a Christmas song <laughs> and I want to. And she's st- sitting there and is like, um, those are your goals? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I want to do them all. What are yours? And she's like, basically she goes, no, those are stupid. You can't have those goals. <laughs> well, he so he's like, I want to go backpacking, and I want to go to Machu Picchu, and I want to jump out of airplanes, and I want to, I want to cave dive, and I want to write a book, and I want to. Um, and she's like, No, you're going to get married, and we're going to have kids, and your goals are done. There are none. And he's like, But I just want. Can I just have one goal? Just one. Well, she I looked just... at him and she goes, your dreams aren't very realistic. When are you going to have time to do all of these things if we're married and we have kids? Like, when are you going to do it? And he's like, people don't just give up their dreams when they have kids. And Dave and I both burst out laughing at that moment in time. Yeah. It's like, yes, you kind of do a little bit. Like everything in your world shifts. Once you have kids and the guy's like, well, I'm going to write a book when we have kids, I'm going to write about being a parent. And she's like, well, you're going to be too busy parenting to write a book about being a parent. She's basically like, get your head out of your ass. Right. So then she goes and along the way they see therapists and the therapists kind of, they have these marriage experts that kind of help them out. And the wife says to the therapist, he has all of these goals and he wants me to be supportive, but I think they're stupid and I don't support them. And the therapist says, have you ever heard of fake it until you make it? And I just was like, what? 
fake being, she's like, you have to kind of fake being his cheerleader because, you know, you kind of have to cheer him on. You're his wife. And she goes, but they're stupid and I don't want to. And, but the, and the best was before when they were talking about their vows, she's like, you know, and I'll be supportive of you and all of this. And I was like, you know, I, I saw an opportunity for Meredith here. I said, you need to get this girl in some kind of workshop that you have to slowly kill their dreams. You can't just do it all at once. You have to let them think that they have their dreams and slowly let them know that their dreams are wrong mm -hmm. and let them know what the right dreams are for them to have. Right. And then you have a successful marriage. I'm going to pan my camera around really quick. People listening to the podcast can't see this, but I think that with the subject of supporting your spouse, even if you d don't get their goals or their dreams. I'm not going to have my microphone, but I'm going to show you. So those of you that, that, that can't see, we're, we're looking at Tiffany's desk, Drew's desk. Oh, what is that stuff? Those Tiffany? are football cards. I have a um, box of very valuable his desk football cards. is completely covered with sports cards. Um, our closets are filled with sports cards. Uh, what is he doing with them? Buying and selling them on eBay. It's his passion. On purpose? As of three weeks ago. <laughs> oh, I have some. I have some of those too. I'll, okay, I'm going to text him. I have some that I, I'm going to okay, strike okay, a deal. Okay, 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 okay. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, wait. Let's just go back a hot minute because Dave then claimed when I, when we were on the couch watching this last night, he was like, you're a dream killer. You should call this woman and tell her how you've killed my dreams because she clearly needs to kill his dreams and you, you've been killing my dreams. And I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm not a dream killer. Okay. I am a realist, but I support your dreams. But if you come home and tell me that you want to be an ice dancer or an, an Olympic ribbon twirler, I'm going to tell you to shut the hell up. Because it's stupid and you can't you? be an Olympic ribbon twirler. Dave, we watch the Olympics every every Olympic year when, when it's winter or, or summer Olympics. He comes up with some idea about how he's going to be an Olympic gymnast, an Olympic well, sledder. That's right. I could. Because like you're Drew, old and you're not. Just like Drew can chase his, his dream of being a, a, a card trader. Listen, Connoisseur. It's not just... There are people on the internet who open packs of cards live. And it's very similar to a LuLaRoe situation mm, where there's mm. only certain cards. Mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. have to get them while you get them. So he's literally watching these videos and like betting. Like it's very intense and it's very serious and it's a new thing. And I don't understand. No, I, I don't get it. I don't but know it either. I support him because I love him and he has supported much weirder things for me, but this isn't even the problem. The problem is the show. Mm. What? And no offense to the people, but what, cause I haven't seen it. What kind of people are signing up for this? Is it people who have ha haven't had luck? Is it people who are bored and like YOLO? What? I think it's a mix, right? So you have people and you have, it ranges. So there were, I think the youngest person on this season's episode was, or this season's sh show was 25. And I think the oldest was maybe 33 or 34. And so some of them were like, just haven't found any luck in love. Some of them were like, I just want to be married. I feel like I, I would make a great wife and I just want to be married. It's just something that I've wanted, for, you know, forever. 
um, tried it, try something else. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's, it ranges right on why this is happening. As, as you're watching the show, are you, um, looking at these couples and going, Oh, I can see why they've been matched up. Or are you like, no, they're sabotaging it on yeah, purpose? Yeah. So some of them you're watching and you're like, okay, they complement each other. So there is a couple, um, Austin and I can't remember her name. She's a nurse and you watch them and she is like every stereotype of a nurse is this woman. And I'm saying this, um, in all She's positive ways, she, she <laughs> seems extremely loving, but she's also very blunt. And she's like, we make the bed before we go out. Okay. That's what we do. So I'm going to need you to make that bed. <laughs> then it's, and then she's very direct she's and to like, the point in their, at their anniversary, she's like, uh, they do a 30 day anniversary. She's like, and you only didn't make the bed one day. Not like anyone's keeping count. <laughs> but, but you know, like, have you seen those videos where it's like stereotypical nurse stuff, but she was, so it's that type. Anyway, those types of things where she's like, obviously very, she bakes for him. She's very loving and caring, but she's like, this is, you know, check this off the list. Check that. This is, we do not leave the toilet seat up. We do not. Da, da, da. And he is happy to comply because he is a systems engineer or something. And you can tell the guy likes to follow orders. It's because it's the closest he's been to a girl. No, no. I think that they were just out of, out of all the couples from the season. I feel like they're the ones that would make it right. Like I'm watching them and I'm like, they'll still be married after the show because after the eight weeks, you get to say I'm out divorce or I think we'll keep going and keep trying this. But they're the couple that I'm watching that I'm saying, Okay, they seem like they were matched very well. Then there's this other train wreck couple. Then there's this other train wreck couple where this girl, this woman is an ice skating coach. The guy is a fitness trainer. So you could see that they they matched them because of maybe the fact that they were both physical with their jobs and they do like, you know, they're both they both work out, blah blah blah, right. whatever. But I watched this and I could tell this guy totally went on the show because he wanted to advance his male modeling career and his mm. fitness Instagram account. Because when they got back first, first night on the honeymoon, he looked at her and said, I, I have no physical attraction to you <laughs> on their honeymoon. The See, words came out of his mouth. I, I sat down for about a minute and this guy was talking and I was like, who is the mega douche? He, yeah. <laughs> then they get home from the honeymoon and they're supposed to move in together into their apartment. And he says, you know what? I'm a pass. <laughs> I don't want to move in with you. And he doesn't move in with her. And she's like, okay, so um, what does that mean? And he's like, well, it means you're going to live there and I'm going to live here. And she's like, so are we still married? And he's like, oh, totally. Wow. And so the therapist calls them in and he's like, you know, married people live together. So spoiler but you're doing it wrong. Like that's not what the yeah. experiment is. You need to live together. And he goes, yeah, I'm not going to do that. So then she finally confronts him after weeks and weeks of this and is like, what's going on? You know, blah, 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 blah. He, he's gaslighting her the entire time. It's so ridiculous. It is such a disaster. It's such a hot mess of a train wreck. And then she finally is just like, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. And the therapists are all like, yeah, we agree. This is this was bad. This was bad. So they just wow. had her divorce party on the show last night. <laughs> I, I could You'd have to be very confident with yourself to be able to sign up for the show because I would be horrified 
obsessing about whether or not the person would be disappointed when they saw me. I could never do it. Like you have to know ahead of time what you're getting into with me, both physically and emotionally. And I could never just be like, surprise, here's my face. Hope you like it. I could never do that. Well, that's what this exactly is. And the thing is, is there is some merit behind the fact that this is a social experiment, right? Like you are basically just because arranged marriages happen still to this day. Um, my very good friend, Jebba, whom, you know, yeah. arranged marriage, arranged? arranged marriage. I have she, questions. Oh, we should have her on the podcast one day, oh specifically gosh, talking please. about this as a guest, but like it happens right now. They've been married. I feel like this year was their 16th wedding anniversary. Um, I might be wrong, but it's something like that. And, um, it was an arranged marriage. They had never met each other. They finally met each other just before the wedding and spent some time together before the wedding. Um, but it was, but it wasn't, they were literally one of those people, 90 day fiance. They had three months when he got to the United States to be married. So this is very similar to the love is blind show, except they don't conversate at all until. Right. Did you watch love is blind? I did. Cause that's trash TV. I can't believe you watched that. Because yeah, I saw that I, and I felt like that was super s- dumb. It was during one of my um, bouts in de- of depression where I wasn't getting out of bed. So <laughs> okay. I had nothing else to do. <laughs> well, Love is Blind, I also felt like those, like it was just such a train wreck. That show was such a train wreck. But yeah, it sucks you in and you watch it and it is a social experiment. It's, I think it's, the, you know what? We were talking about this on the other podcast, but I think it's, it's also kind of like why we watch murder shows. You watch these things because it's it's people's lives and you can't believe what they're doing or what's going on or why they're making these choices or these decisions. I think that's why we watch it. It's like they're these right. social experiments. So Matthias, Matthias walked into the kitchen and he goes over to the microwave and the the therapist goes, it's the recommitment time. And Matthias stops and goes, wait, What? Is this the recommitment episode? You better pause that until I get over here. Yeah. <laughs> so- he's been watching it with me. That's adorable. He's been watching it with me. And he's like, what did Pastor Cal have to say about that? And I was like, mm-hmm. okay, Matias, do you have any homework before I turn on Married at First Sight? <laughs> he so was cute. on the couch with me until midnight. Finally, I was like, dude, you have school tomorrow. Go to bed. He's like, don't wow. watch any more tonight. Don't watch any more. I said, I will turn it off and go to bed, but you have to go to bed. I said, you cannot watch this anymore. And he probably shouldn't be watching it at all. But I'm like, here, son, watch these idiots. Okay, we don't, don't do we it. don't act like this. <laughs> I was like, yeah. But now some of them, some of them, you're watching this and you're like, they had to just, the producers just had to tell them, say this or go in right. and poke him and, and ask him about this so we can watch That's him explode on me. camera. It has to. I don't to. like that. It has to. There's no way. There's I no don't way. I like that. Yeah. So anyway. It, it makes me question everything, but I'm going to wa- I'm going to have to watch it now. You have intrigued me. P- pick any season. I'm this I'm so, I'm currently watching season 10. Um but you can <sighs> pick any season. You've watched all 10 seasons? Yeah. We stumbled across we stumbled across this um while out of town going on a trip and it was on lifetime and we were laying in bed and we just started watching it in one of the hotels and then when we got back from that trip i was like oh my gosh i i went down this rabbit hole and i found all the episodes and so yeah cool what's going on dave's secretly sending me messages to tell me to stop doing certain things oh i was gonna say that's rude secrets don't make friends what are you doing wrong 
breathing uh, life yeah which is also <laughs> marriage right so where he tells me we would have that I'm dominated we would have dominated married at first sight or been arrested okay moving on i knew i wanted to marry you the first time i saw you okay um that's not true don't don't awe him don't do that okay um all right so parenting trends for 2021 shall we parenting trends trends yeah okay so did you know that more than a million millennials are becoming moms each year you're technically a millennial I don't even know what a millennial is. I'm so confused. Uh, let's see. I, I don't care either. The, well, let me find the. Um, you don't have to. Generation when 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 it is, millen- What what is millennial? Because I'm a Gen Xer. Because you're yeah you're from colonial times. I'm not from colonial times. I'm <laughs> a Gen Xer. You you ashhole. Your soul. Your soul is um, from colonial times. Date ranges to use for a millennial. Oh, error. This page cannot be found. Okay. Yeah. Even if the page you were born care. between 1981 and 90, 1996, you're technically, actually, I guess your technical cohort is a zennial. So a millennial, you're not a millennial. You're a zennial. A millennial is a millennium. Well, what, what is that then? So that's like 90, Y2K probably. 97. To born 97 to what? Are you guessing? Well, this, I need to go, I need to find wiki, wiki answers. I feel like people could Google it. I'm trying to Google it. Oh, I'm back on the Delphi murders. (laughs) All right, hold on. Year for millennials. I I typed up year for milk. Oh my gosh. This is what I mean. Colonial times. Do you know how to operate the internet? (laughs) Shut up. You're okay, on it's, serial it's killers telling and me the millennial items. period. It doesn't matter. It's it's considered 1981 to 96. So I was right when I first thought it, what it was. So you are yes, you are technically a millennial. Because what are you? 85, 97. No. Seven. What year were you born? 85. 85. Okay, that's what I thought. Okay. So um, I'm a Gen X. Do you want to know what my mine is? My what the years are for Gen X? I'm going to guess Okay, 69 to 80, 65 to 80. Wow. Okay. So if you are, so what did we say? A million millennial, a million more than a million younger than us. Millennials are becoming moms each year is what I was trying to spit out. So you are technically a millennial because you could still be having babies. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you still have the parts and stuff. Yeah. Okay. So the trends for millennial moms, millennial parents right now, number one, authoritative parenting. It's a parenting style that focuses on balance. It's one of the most dominant, dominate, dominant parenting trends in 2021. It's a combination of people who are authoritarian, but yet extremely indulgent. Why are you pointing so hard? I'm pointing at you. Why? Because you are an indulgent parent. Authoritative parents have exceptions for kids, but at the same time, they provide resource. They have, I'm sorry, they have expectations for their kids, but at the same time, they provide resources and emotional supports for kids, support for kids' success. So it's this combination. So I feel like they look at people like me. You look at people like me and you're like, damn, bitch, you harsh. 
Let's soften that up. Is that, that how up. we talk? Yeah, I think so. And then you say, let's soften that up. And so that indulgent side comes into play. So you have like a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And that is what they're calling the authoritative Indulgent trip. to me implies that I just let my kids have ice cream for breakfast and stuff. Um, I do. You, you know, do? Like you indulge. Wow, okay. I think, I think that they're saying um, it's things like, they say 58% of parents, of millennial parents, often or sometimes check websites that their kids are visiting. And they're saying that's more than we would. They're saying that we're not even checking. Oh, okay. Right? So they're saying that they're more in on their kids checking in on their screen time, setting setting screen time for them or setting websites that they can or can't go to or setting parameters or limits. But then they're also being super supportive of their child's needs and other garbage like that. I mean, no, wonderful I things that like garbage. that. I'm just kidding. I'm teasing. Um, then they also say 41% of first time moms use mom blogs weekly or more often. 32% use parenting websites. This is for millennials. 49% use social media for their parenting tips and tricks. And like we said, the 41% use mom blogs. Google is the new grandparent, the new neighbor, and the new nanny Whoa, for millennial moms. Statement. They how say that they... Google be a nanny? They're saying you're going to it to ask questions. Like how we would call up our mom or a grandparent or a friend and be like, hey, did your kid do this? They're saying that millennials now use the website for those types of tips, tricks, parenting advice, friendship. But I feel like I do that a ton. I always start with Google mm. and then I quickly get overwhelmed and then I go to Facebook and poll some of my friends and then I get overwhelmed and then I end up calling my mother-in-law who's a nurse practitioner and just asking her and doing whatever she says. And I tell myself every time I'm just going to Skip the other two and go right to the expert. But, but you don't. I don't. Do you know I've resorted to now doing Instagram stories with polls on them to ask questions about my kid? My kid is bleeding profusely. <laughs> Should I A, take him to the hospital, or B, put a napkin on it? I just, I do it for things like, um, you know, my kid wants this. Like, like Matthias asked me for a t-shirt the other day. And the T-shirt was a bunch of Boots. tennis balls. And Got balls? It said, I'd hit that. Uh, <laughs> I and, think it's cute. And he asked me for it, and I said, no. I said, no, I'm not. number one, I'm not buying you that. Number two, you wouldn't be allowed to wear it outside the house. He goes, Mom, it's, it's a shirt about tennis. And I said, no, it's not. It's a shirt about sex. Did and you he say it said, like that? Don't, yeah, I did. And he said, don't be gross. And I said, let's put it on Instagram. If Instagram says... That you can have this shirt, I'll buy it for you. If Instagram says no, you're not getting it. And? Instagram said no. Inappropriate. Great. I'm never using a poll on Instagram again. <laughs> I, I, um, the, the, uh, I got uh, my kid a basketball hoop. He's into basketball, right? And mm -hmm. so I'm sitting outside watching him and then my anxiety starts creeping in. And I'm like, this sound is obnoxious. <laughs> the bouncing yep. and the hitting the backboard is obnoxious my neighbors are gonna hate me and then every time the ball hit the ground I started twitching and I was like oh my gosh I can't <laughs> this is so bad I, I can't do this so then I was like hey hypothetical question guys if your neighbor got a basketball hoop and was playing it 
all day with the sound of the bouncing and stuff annoy you? My husband's here. I thought he left. I made fun of his baseball cards. <laughs> anyway, over 50% said yes. And so then I felt really uncomfortable every time my kid asked because now I know for sure that my neighbors hate me. Mm. Yeah, they do. For sure. Really? Oh, yeah. I hate that noise. But I also oh have three kids and have ha and had a basketball hoop. So you just deal with it because it is what it is. They're kids. But it's against the HOA to even own one. Do you wheel it in and out or do you leave it out yeah. all the time? You wheel it in and out. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're fine. That's what we I did. Just, we had to wheel ours in and out. People secretly hating me. It stresses me out. But I anyway. have news for you. Lots of people secretly hate you. Some publicly hate you. I don't like your harsh truths, Meredith. I Lots of people publicly hate me and, and some secretly you hate me. <laughs> them before you chalk them at my face. I'm just saying that's life. You're not, a, you're not a, what is it? You're not a piece of chocolate cake. Not everybody's going to love you. What's the saying? I, I feel uh, like you made that up. Whatever, whatever. You're not a piece of whatever the hell you like. Okay, moving on. Millennials are relying more on their baby boomer parents because of money woes and they need help with student student debt burdens or help raising their kids due to a lack of income um, and financial stability during this time. Um, I guess if they have s statistical data to prove that, but I feel like at some point in your life, most people fall back on their parents for a certain period of time for something. We needed help at one point and, and received help from um, Dave's parents. Uh, I think yeah. it happens. I think it's just... If you got just, parents... I say lean. Take them. Mm -hmm. For all they got. Well, <laughs> for all they got. I just feel like it, it. whether it's because you need your parents to help you because daycare bills are astronomical and they're going to help pick up the kids or help watch the kids for a little bit. If they're willing participants, mm -hmm. like, yeah, go ahead. Like, don't feel guilty about that. You know, they're there. They want to be grandparents. They want to, you know, be helpful. Like, absolutely. I think yeah. if you don't ask for help, you can end up digging a deeper hole. And that sucks because like trying to dig out of a, a big, massive financial mess can be exhausting and, and debilitating. And so take the help. Everybody needs help. Yes. Every now and again. So take the help, you know? Yeah. All right. Um, millennial parents um, seem to be moving away from religious affiliations and are not super concerned with marrying a partner who has the same religious ideals or beliefs. I saw that. I saw an article about that. Yeah. 39% of people who have been married since 2010 have a spouse with a different religious belief, double the number from 1960. I wonder how that works out. That's got to be a tricky situation. Times have changed because now the internet is so available and people look stuff up and everybody has different opinions and different ideas. And um, I feel like there was a point where it was like everybody had, for the most part, this one belief, which clearly stated the roles mm. in the household. Right. And you were to obey them. And now everything's different. Everything's different. Well, and that leads into these next couple of things. So like... There's been this big debate, which I don't understand why it's a debate, but it's been a debate for a long time. Uh, millennial moms are choosing to breastfeed over formula feed. They're saying over 70% of millennial moms start with breastfeeding and last longer than any other, than, and are lasting longer than any recent generations to go 
Meaning they breastfeed longer than go wow. formula. Do you know what I'm trying to spit out? Nope. Okay. Um, according to the CDC, the breastfeeding rate in the U.S. has increased considerably from 71% in 2000 to 77% in 2010. Well, because there's so much... Oh, I was going to say, because you get verbally berated if you don't breastfeed. People literally attack you if you choose formula instead. Right, like and I don't parent. understand the debate. Like, I don't get it at all. I don't understand the breast versus formula debate. Like, a fed baby is a happy baby, and I don't, you know, as long as you're feeding the baby. Like, I don't personally understand it. I breastfed my kids, but, like, I think I only breastfed Brian for six weeks, and then I was, I had um, chronic mastitis. I couldn't breastfeed, so he had to get a bottle. Like, I kept getting sick. So it wasn't something. And I got it. I the same thing with Sophia. And I think I maybe maybe made it three months with her. Oh, my gosh. What? I just thought about breastfeeding. I miss it. I could only do it for five seconds because I had my nips pierced when I was 18. And the milk just kind of dribbled out of the side. But I tried really hard. Did you pump? I just I tried. One would fill up substantially. And the other one was like, dun, 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 dun. Yeah, and I was like, "This is depressing. My boobs hurt." And um, it sometimes it becomes really mentally taxing to try to live up to the pressure of breast is best, and women are going crazy, feeling like a failure because they can't uh, breastfeed, and that's no good for the kid to have a mom who's losing her mind trying to fit society's idea of what's best. So yeah, and this this plays into what you're talking about this parenting trend. Um, number six, they're saying millennial parents are doing it together and more men have taken up responsibilities of helping in raising the family. Uh, it says 59% of millennial dads actually look out, look at videos about baby health or Google questions related to their children. Really? That's what it says. I, I've been on, on Google looking stuff up. What? How to punish your kids? No. Oh, shit. I, what? I look stuff up because I know as soon as I say anything to you, automatically it's like, oh my gosh, the world is ending. It's like, no, I just noticed this or that. I mean, I mentioned something to you the other day and for three days you're like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. You looked like a deer in headlights Did you Google for three that? days. No, because oh. it's fine. Oh, okay. As a result, dads make up 17% of all stay-at-home parents in 2016, up from 10% in 1989. Noise. Do you remember that movie, um, Mr. Mom? Did you With ever Hulk see Hogan? that? No. <laughs> I was so sure. <laughs> no. Arnold Schwarzenegger. No. 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 Who, what, t- tell me about it. You, you don't remember who is Mr. It? Mom? Who, who is the actor? Um, you don't even know. That's yes, why you're being the original aloof. Batman. That was Michael Keaton. Love Michael Keaton. I loved him I had Mr. A- Mom. He was great. You should watch this- that movie. Can I say something really quick that I learned about myself what? and my marriage yesterday? Oh, yes. There was a turtle on our driveway. <laughs> and... What <laughs> <Okay. laughs> is so funny? We don't know. Where are we going with this? There was a turtle on your driveway. There was a turtle on my driveway and I panicked, right? Because I'm like, oh my gosh, this guy needs to go back to the lake. And my husband's like, it's fine. And just walked inside. And I'm like, it's not fine. Look at his little neck. He's really struggling to breathe. So I went inside and I got some water to pour on him because I felt like turtles liked water. And so I poured it on him and he was stretching his little neck out, loved it. And I'm like, this is great. And then he proceeded 
to dive bomb our mulch and completely bury himself under the mulch. You couldn't even see him. And so then I'm like, oh my gosh, I gave him water and he thought he was near water. And now he thinks the mulch is my water and he's suffocating himself. He buried, like he thought the mulch was like a lake nearby because he felt water. So he's burying himself. And my husband just kept saying, it's fine. It's fine. And I'm like, it's not fine. He's going to die. And it's my fault. And my husband was just like dismissing it. And I felt like he was annoyed by me. So he was just trying to get me to shut up instead of actually addressing my fears. So I got a shovel and a hamper and I was like, I'm going to dig him out. I'm going to take him to the lake. I'm going to do it. And so my husband ended up coming out and Googling it and reading to me. Soft shell turtles are incredibly, uh, can be dangerous when provoked, blah, blah, blah. They hide underneath things to protect themselves when they feel like they're in danger. And he explained to me why the turtle was going to be fine and why I should leave it alone. And it was only then that I believed him and let it go. And it's because he wasn't dismissing me. And I feel like I need a reason. I feel crazy sometimes. And as soon as he explained to me why the turtle wasn't in danger, I was able to let it go. But prior to that, I thought I knew best. So the moral of the story is from now on, I, I expressed to my husband that I really appreciated it, that he took the time to recognize my fears, validate them, and then explain to me why I didn't have to feel that way as opposed to just telling me it was fine. Did you did you look to see what type of turtle it was? Because it may have been a tortoise and not a turtle. And if it's a tortoise, they don't live in water. It wasn't a tortoise. No, she said all. it was a soft shell. We have them in our back. They come into our backyard and get stuck in our pool. And we have to fish them out and bring them back. There's a lake directly behind my mm-hmm. house. Okay. Well, because the one that have the stumpy legs and the flat feet, those are tortoises. They don't go in the water. And then the ones no. that have the like flippery feet so here's a question because I, I was talking to the kids the other day and and, and we had a, a family conversation and it was about you know i want them to be able to when they leave the house think critically and not just follow steps and processes and so forth um, but be able to think but however there are some times in some scenarios where especially when dealing with people you trust where you just have to do what you're told right and and I, I've been thinking about it for a couple of days, and, and I had the conversation with Meredith, and the example I used was she walked into the office and said, write this down. So I grabbed a pen, and I just wrote what she said. That was it. Didn't ask, didn't say anything. But with the kids and sometimes with Meredith, you I, I will say something, and there needs to be an explanation instead of just, okay, you asked for that to be done, and I'm asking the question, is it possible to sometimes just to, to bounce between the two or are you always on the need an explanation side of that? I feel like, especially with kids, like for me, if it's a, if there's a person who has a history of being right about things, then I'll listen to them. That was not the case with the turtle yesterday. You're picking up what I'm laying down. <laughs> Um, but as far as kids, I remember being a kid and my mom would always be like, because I said so, because I said so, because I'm the mother. And it used to piss me off because I'm a robot doing these things with no meaning behind them and not understanding if she had taken the time to explain to me why it was important for me to do whatever the thing was, then I would be doing it because I understood the importance of it. And instead of just doing it, and I feel like that's how you learn and you grow. So I 
generally take the time to explain why I'm saying the things that I'm saying to the kids because I feel like it's important that they comprehend it instead of just otherwise resentment builds. Yesterday, Drew wanted to take the kids out of the house so that I could write my book and Caden didn't want to go and he was throwing a fit. And so I said, you could stay here if you want, but you can't go on your laptop. You just got to sit. And Caden was so upset when he was here. He's like, why would daddy try to make me go out of the house? And I was like, because mommy is trying to write a book. And sometimes she gets distracted when you guys are here. So daddy was doing it to help mommy so that she could have time to do this. And he was doing it to be nice. He wasn't doing it because he wanted to take you out of the house for no reason. He was doing it to be kind to me and as a favor to me. And I took the time to explain it to him and he understood. And then he, he apologized, which was not necessary, but gave me a hug and said he wanted to say sorry to daddy when he got home. Cause he got, he understood. Yeah. And, and I, I, I think that there are, Lots, lots, more, probably more times when the explanation and the reasoning is necessary. I, I just, I, you know, one of the big frustrations I have, it's like, hey, don't leave the scooter in front of the door. Well, why? Really? Do we have, do we have to explain why you don't leave a scooter in front of a door? Can we just not leave the scooter in front of the door? That's what, I don't know. I guess, I don't know. If Maybe it would help though. Like if you said like, well, if you leave the scooter in front of the door, then somebody might come up and take it and you wouldn't be able to play with your scooter ever again or somebody See, might trip this over is, it. And this is the difference between Dave and I, because I will say, if you leave the scooter in front of this door, I'm going to open this door. I'm going to fall and trip. After I trip, I'm going to get up and scream and act like a lunatic. Then I have the potential as I'm running after you with my shoe in my hand to beat you in the butt. I might break an ankle, fall, roll out the front door, end up in the ditch dead. Yeah. Done. I'm a and dead, so when he goes to leave ditch. the scooter... When he goes to leave the scooter, he's going to remember this horrifying scenario and be like, man, I better move this. <laughs> or this is, is how that, we kill him. Is that why he was digging a ditch in the yard yesterday? I'm just saying I, I am I am of the uh, uh, school of thought that we explain that like I want it explained uh, to me. I, I want to understand what's going on. I feel like when I do. don't have an explanation that I'm left in the dark. And I, so I am, I obviously over explain to the kids as well. And it's, I don't, I don't know. I, I just, think it's just different people, different yeah, ways of thinking. I mean, but sometimes I, I just want to know what you want and just let me do it. I don't need an explanation. I just want to get Dave it done. Dave actually and, hates it when I explain things yep. to him. He tells me to please stop and just shut my mouth. Just shut up. Stop talking. Stop. That doesn't want to hear the kind it. of person that Dave, I have a question, sure. personal question. When you were a kid. Were things explained to you or were you just told to do things? Or um, I, I don't remember being getting explanations for things. Just, I don't think it was as common back then. Maybe that's what they mean by the indulgent authoritative thing. Maybe. Because I, I don't know. It, look, it's not like, and I, I don't want to, you know, and I'm, this is separate from the just do it because I'm an adult and I'm the parent. It's. To, you know, you, you trust that I'm not making you do something that's going to cause harm or something like that. It's, do I have to explain why the trash has to be taken out of the house or why it's your turn to take it right now? Like, no, it's just, you know, I, I'm not telling you to just trust me and jump behind the wheel and drive down to the store, right? I mean, there there are lots of scenarios, like I said, more scenarios that require an explanation and, and reasoning, I just, you know, for, for the straightforward, simple, basic things, I, I just, I, I don't think that way. So I was asking mm -hmm. you the question when you brought that up, are you able to bounce between the two or are you on one side? I think people's brains just work differently. Yep. 
I think yours works that way. It's wired that way. That's how you feel comfortable. Ours, and I'm speaking of only Tiffany and I, not the, not all women, because I'm sure there yeah. are women that have, that. it's like when we talked about, remember the podcast where we did the internal monologue and mm-hmm. Dave was like, I don't have one. And I was like, what do you yep. mean you're not talking to yourself all day long and explaining everything that's going to happen in depth mm-hmm. completely like you have a like you have a syllabus and a content whatever like i like you go through with a full outline and you're just talking to yourself all day long and dave doesn't and have here's that. the thing i mean i was a physics teacher for i was a science teacher for 10 years right i mean i asking why is really important i'm just talking about very basic functions that we've gone through well, if, for a decade if you don't explain to them why they need I mean, I understand too, though, like it's a respect thing. People should have common sense and know why they should be taking the trash out. But maybe, you know, it couldn't hurt to be like, listen, man, the reason is because it helps me out because we work really hard to provide the stuff that you're throwing away. And so if you could do this, it would show me that you appreciate what I'm doing. And if they continue not to do it after you've explained it, then it's just a blatant Mm. disrespect kind of thing in my eyes. One of our, one of, one of our, uh, community members here said, I'm almost 60. We were taught not to ask for explanations because that meant we didn't trust mom or dad. That's what or they their said. reasoning. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that that, I think that's a generational thing. So I agree with that. And I think some people, cause I sure as shit wouldn't have said why to my parents, maybe my mom, but not my dad. Cause I wouldn't, I knew what was going to happen if I asked why to my dad. My mom couldn't catch me. My dad could. (laughs) Mm. So like I know, so I understand that. And don't get it twisted. There's times where I say, because I said so. I just want to throw that out there. I just think of the scenario, right? Where, where, you know, okay. So Meredith walks in and says, write this down. I I don't need to question, hey, who are you? Who are you talking to? What am I writing down? Why do we need this? That's what I'm talking about. I'm not trying to talk about any grand, complicated complex scenarios, right? You know, we, we asked Matias to get on the phone because I I picked up pizza and I left something. Please, please call, tell them we forgot it. If they're delivering, if they're out in the neighborhood for delivery, see if they can drop it off. If not, have them put a credit for us, right? So I, he's, I, he's dialing the number. Well, why are we doing this? My, I literally just said all the words, Yeah. right? Like, that's all I need you to do is that. But why, yeah. why, why would I? No, there's no why. Right. right. Just get it done. I so. think that's common and normal. Anyway, that's, that's kind of what triggered it. And, so I guess maybe it does go back and forth. Yeah. It depends. Well, I think the, the, the scenarios are back and forth. I'm asking if you as an individual, since you tend to fall, you said you tend to fall on the side for needing an explanation, if there are times where you can shift to the other side or... No. So you're on Not one happily. side. Right. So you're on one side. So then that, that helps me understand that it's where they are and that's where they're going to stay. There's no coming over to the other side. Mm. But I mean, kids might be different. One of your kids might be like you, Dave, and doesn't care none of them trisha from the audience (laughs) just said teenagers don't know how to talk on the phone i feel like that's a lost art on these kids oh my gosh they do not lay twiddle the cord they talk for hours talk on the phone they text they snap they tick tock they do not talk on the phone 
and it is it is lost and this whole year this past year has made things even weirder because now they don't know how to socially interact because you're you know distanced from each other and you're not supposed to do this or that or the other thing and it has gotten even weirder so anyway so let's end let's end the show with the fact that guys those of you who loved the 90s and loved 90s fashion please know go into your closet you can dig out your old bell-bottom jeans um you can dig out your crop tops uh no, i never wore crop tops your chunky you jewelry tops? no i don't i don't own any crop tops no when you were younger no i basically was never stylish and i always yes. wore sweatpants uh, and t-shirts i don't know you were for a while when when the, you first started dating you no them. in between us dating the first and second time when we weren't dating <laughs> When when you went off to college and, and we broke revenge. up, you were very you you were more focused on being stylish at that time, and then we got back together and it ended. Are you serious? That's hilarious. I remember sitting in your room and you were pulling all this clothes out, and you're like, "Oh, this is this is my my club outfit and my this outfit," and I'm like, "Who is well, this?" Well, you had going out clothes. Who, who is this woman? You had going out you? clothes. In we college. were in college at that point, and I was like... You have going out clothes in college. I was looking around for all the Russell Athletic sweats, and there weren't any. <laughs> I still had plenty of sweats. Okay. Um, let's see. So baggy jeans um, are coming back in. Minimalist jewelry is coming back in. Uh, Did we talk tops. about this last week? Uh, I, I just... I don't know. Did we? I feel oh, that it was like coming I, back. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, we did. Because I remember specifically saying my legs were all I had got going yep. for me and I refused to wear baggy jeans. Well, apparently the story has just gotten bigger and bigger and bigger because now all of these stars and people on, you know, famous people are posting pictures and it's these neon colors and these baggy sweats and these matching sweat like uh, track suits and yep. all of this stuff is coming back. They were throwing out old pictures of JLo wearing like Adidas velour matching sweats. Um, tie-dye? Tie-dye. Uh, if they bring back those clips that banana. have the butterflies on them, but not butterfly clips, they're hair clips, but there's like a spring and then a butterfly, so the butterfly looks like it's fluttering around your head. Yeah. I'll die. I would wear eight at a time, dude, when I was little. <laughs> I'll be so happy. They, they probably are coming back. I couldn't find them anywhere. I tried to buy some. I couldn't uh, find them. I know, Sophia some has, I know Sophia has actual butterfly clips. Nope, not She those. just got those. Nope. Um, but, but, so this, this fashion blog says, be careful not to overdo it. This isn't a reboot. <laughs> Of we the, all get so pumped of the maximal max maximalist trend of recent years forget about rhinestone sequins and patterns of all kinds focus on being a minimalist model such as bangles chains ear studs hoops and adopt them in the proper format that fits your taste so don't go balls to the wall you got to be minimalist with the 90s with the 90s uh uh fashion i used to wear nostalgia. socks up my shins with Adidas flip flops slides. You know what That's I'm talking about? Disgusting. I had tear away black pants with stripes down the side. Every <laughs> the, I'm not kidding. I 
thought it was like my ultimate goal in life for my mom to buy me one of those because once I had those my life was gonna change I was gonna be one of the cool kids wow yeah and it did I was cool that's awesome yeah I um I'm very excited I, I forgot all about this memory I forgot about tearaway pants dude and I'm like reminiscing in my head right now I remember so vividly being so thrilled at the idea that I could surprise rip them off anytime I wanted. Whoa. <laughs> so what, did what you find happening? yourself in a situation where you needed to surprise rip away your pants? No, but it was nice to have the option. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Your pants catch on fire. No problem. Whoops. Is it good? It's good. Oh gosh. Such good times. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I would like a pair now. But I, um, I'm a little pissed about the mom jeans thing. Like, I literally was wearing my mom's jeans in middle school, I mentioned, because yep. I was such a large person. And the kids' sizes didn't fit me um, because I was so tall and so broad. And so I couldn't shop in, like, the kids' uh, my age section. So I had to physically wear my mother's pants sometimes. And I don't I, – it's traumatizing. And now, I think, and now it's, it's fashion. I don't understand. I yeah. do. And I'm not trying to be rude. I don't get it. You'd think that you'd want to highlight your body instead of putting it in a garbage bag, which is what those jeans are. They're mm -hmm. a garbage bag. Yeah, I don't. I, I still. And I know that they say that skinny jeans are out. We talked about this. I remember being old AF, but I really I really don't see me ever going away from wearing jeggings. Yeah, they're so Jeggings comfortable and I just don't see a time where I'm going to want to wear anything if I go out but jeggings. They're an optical illusion. Well, they're and they're just they're so com. I just can't get over the comfort. Like, I just want to be comfortable. I don't want to be in a pair of pants that I feel like have imprisoned my legs. Yeah. Or that I feel I don't know. I just you don't want. Yeah. I when my rolls are in a chokehold. It makes me incredibly uncomfortable. I agree. I agree. All right, guys. Well, it was wonderful spending time with you. As always, we appreciate you and the support that you give. Dioli. Mm, okay. Mm. Um, why don't you join us next week? Because we're going to have another episode of Take It. Or Leave It, an advice-ish podcast for parents. Wait. Hosted by two struggling by... moms who have, have no, no idea, idea what we're doing doing we're doing <laughs> see you then we love you bye I guys do.